Now we have a story from a young journalist. Aaron Allen is 23 years old. He grew up on Chicago's far west side, and that put him face to face every day with this city's disparities. His largely white neighborhood looked very different from the all-black neighborhoods just next door. Allen has been part of a team of reporters at City Bureau, and WBEZ is looking at one of the key ways money flows into Chicago's neighborhoods. That's through bank loans, specifically mortgage loans to buy homes. Researching where banks lend give Allen a new perspective on why Chicago neighborhoods look the way they do. He brings us this essay. So welcome to the, to my block. This is the 1700 block of North Newland Avenue on the west side of Chicago. My block is very green, I would say. We'll, we'll see skunks, um, a lot of possums. I feel like that's normal. Yeah, real su suburban feel out here. Did you screw this part? Did you screw this part? So yeah, this is my first radio story. And it actually led me to realize some things about my neighborhood and the city that I had not actually thought about before. So I grew up in the Galewood neighborhood. Like the west side of Chicago is black. And Galewood is a small little pocket and it's one of the only places in which you'll see white people. When my family moved to the block, we were only the second black family there. Hello? Hey, this is my mom, this is Gail. This is my father, this is Aaron the first. We moved to Galewood when I was about four years old. Could you talk about some of the challenges that you all faced moving over to this area specifically? Well, our neighbor at the time told the owner of this house um, not to sell to black people. This was 2001. Well, it was a gentleman who lived right next door. And I remember you were in the yard playing when we first moved over here. And you were playing, you were playing, you were playing. And I kiss, I'm, I'm at the back door looking at you. And I hear you saying, hi, 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 hi. And he's right over another side of the fence. And you're looking and he's ignoring you. Hi, hi, hi. And so I become incensed because I know what he's doing because I know he tried to stop us from moving. So finally you look at me and you said, mom, Mommy. why is the man not saying hi to me? And I said, because he's ignorant. That memory from my mom shows how individual bigots on our block tried to keep us from moving in. That's about one family and individuals trying to keep us out. But what I discovered while reporting this story is that there's an entire system in place that's keeping whole communities, whole neighborhoods locked out of these same opportunities. Sweet West Side Chicago, two flat apartment, red brick and garden, that's been forgotten. So in this neighborhood my family bought into, Gilwood, right, the homes are nice. I mean, they're not mansions or anything, but they're single-family brick homes. They're very well kept. But literally just down the street, it's a pretty deep contrast. I grew up constantly going between these two worlds, my nice little pocket and the rest of the west side. This corner, this area is real hustle and bustle. It's always people coming home from work, kids walking home from school. <laughs> I love the people here. And honestly, a lot of the homes are gorgeous, but they're in a state of such deep disrepair. Across the street, you see vacant lot, boarded up building, vacant lot, boarded up building, vacant lot. But you see, like, these are huge houses, like way bigger than my house, off of this main street that should be prime property, really. 
you know, right off the green line. So I would always wonder about the state of these two areas, the pristine neighborhood where I was growing up and the disrepair of the all-black neighborhood so close by. I have a really great neighbor named Steve, right? And he has a very typical explanation for these disparities. For him, it all comes down to how much people care. Just go ahead and look at our homes here. Everybody keeps up their homes. The gentleman next to me, he goes ahead and he's putting money into his property. So is my neighbor next door to me. You know, people are reinvesting. They want their property to look good. People buying homes, people fixing them up. So buying, fixing, investing. That's what you do when you care about your home and your community. And from Steve's perspective, it's really not that hard. For instance, uh, we're looking to go ahead and probably refinance. Um, I just picked up the phone and called uh, my bank. They asked me over the phone how much we made. And then from there, it kind of went to, um, you know what, it's all up to you if you like to go ahead. We could run a credit check. How fast do you want that loan? That's pretty much the only reason I ever heard for these two areas looking different. People care and they invest in white areas and they just don't in black neighborhoods. But I never bought that argument because I always had friends and family who lived throughout the West Side and they cared. But that didn't change their neighborhoods. So I always knew that there had to be something else. That's when I started working on this reporting project, looking at bank loans. I had absolutely no idea about anything related to banking at all, especially in regards to home lending because I'm in my early 20s. But it turns out one of the biggest ways that money gets into neighborhoods, one of the biggest ways that investment happens is through bank loans to buy homes and apartment buildings. So this actually really, really matters. We went and made a map of where mortgage lending goes in Chicago, basically where banks put their money. The map is crazy. It shows investment piled high over white areas in Chicago. In black areas, you see almost no investment whatsoever. Me and my producer showed it to my mom. So this, this is mostly white. That's what I thought. That's majority yeah, white. At it, north and near the lake. Mm-hmm. That's where they got lending. Got and then look kidding. at the black communities. That's bad. That is horrible. We found that for every dollar banks lend in white communities, they loan just 12 cents in Chicago's black communities. One dollar versus 12 cents. And the number of black and white neighborhoods in Chicago is very similar. Redlining has been officially outlawed, mm -hmm. but, but there are other ways exactly right. in which mm -hmm. this inequity mm -hmm. is still being upheld. I knew about the discrepancy because it's obvious when you drive through it, but I guess to see it in a data set and to see it on a map and to see how investment patterns align with racial demographics in the city is striking. And it's sad to see. It's like this major invisible force that's been shaping the city around me suddenly became visible to me. And I started seeing its impact everywhere. This is the Pink House. It's Pink House, big, beautiful, pink and white, old Victorian home that stands out because it is pink and white and bright on Central Avenue. Man, everyone knows you haven't really been to the West Side until you've seen the Pink House. The Pink House is like a metaphor for the West Side. It's beautiful and well-loved, but in need of major investment. The stairs, you can tell, are creaky. The balcony, I would not step on that balcony for $5,000. <laughs> uh, because um, the balcony looks like it's ready to collapse at any moment. Get this house, there's something special about it. Get the house, there's something special. It need a little touching up, but... <laughs> See what I mean about people loving this house? 
that was just a random Westsider that pulled up on us. So the penthouse was actually for sale for more than a year. But this beloved part of the West Side still didn't sell. Maybe because they think the neighborhood is really bad. But I'm gonna tell you the truth, it's really not. They sell it like it's bad. I asked owner Yolanda Anderson why the pink house hadn't sold. She told me some history. And for my Westsiders, yeah, I actually got to go inside the pink house. Family members still live there. All right, the infamous pink house. I saw her peek her head out. Hi, that's Yolanda over there. I'm Yolanda. Nice to meet you. This is like surreal. <laughs> So the pink house is real life pink. I mean, inside there's actually more pink. I'm talking about plush pink carpeting, pink draperies and walls, pink everything. Miss Anderson said her family bought the house 35 years ago. My mother was very interested in investing in some of the properties here. My father was in construction as well as being a minister. And they were very passionate about bringing some of the houses in the area back up. The family moved in even before it was fixed up. I mean, the floors were bare, some of the windows were out. The kitchen was, you know, in terrible disrepair. We've taken on the job of refurbishing this house for over 30 years through our own expense. But when Miss Anderson's father passed away, the family couldn't keep the house up anymore and put it on the market. The offers they got were like 1980s pricing. 40000 45000 mm-hmm. And what can we do? Yeah, eighty five maybe is the most. This is for a West Side landmark. I learned there's one big reason why those offers came in so low and why the pink house hasn't sold yet. Nobody can get a home loan to buy it. Literally no one. This is real to Jean Keating. She listed the house. You wouldn't be able to get a regular bank loan on this home because it's not going to pass inspection. That's because the pink house needs a lot of repairs. Repairs that will cost more than the banks think the property is even worth. When we talk about loans, we're used to hearing that borrowers have to qualify. But the property has to qualify for the loan, too. And there are whole neighborhoods in Chicago where the property basically doesn't qualify. Where banks have decided the houses and vacant lots are not worth a loan. It's one reason the west side of the city looks as run down as it does. Without lending, there's just not enough money here. That cumulative lack of investment in neighborhoods causing folks to be trapped in this system is very unjust. In my reporting, I ran into other Westsiders that had lending stories too. I heard about a family that had to just abandon their home after they couldn't sell it. The city eventually tore it down. If you wanted to go build a brand new home on that now vacant lot, I wish you the best in getting a mortgage for that. Many banks will tell you that your brand new house is not worth what it costs to build. What the banks wouldn't tell you, but what our reporting and data suggests, is that has a lot to do with this being a black neighborhood. We hear about redlining, but we hear it talked about as something of the past. We learned about it in Chicago history classes. But it's still continuing today these same systems that made the city so unequal in the first place, you know, it's still raging on. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy to think about.
That was Aaron Allen. This story was produced by Linda Lutton and Joe Dassault with reporting from Linda Lutton and the City Bureau's Andrew Fan.